Yes, yes, yes. This is the Bumcast. I am your host, HBIC, the head bum in charge along with Whiskey Baloney, Southside Bum, Dougie Freshness. And guys, to quote Cody Rhodes, what do you guys want to talk about? Uh, <laughs> damn. I text, shout out Manzoaski, shout out Father Zoe. He had a very nice promo. Uh, he did his classic driving promo, promoted us. So we appreciate that. I texted him to thank him for that. He didn't have to do that, but he did. Um, and I told him, I'm almost overwhelmed with how much we have to talk about. I got home from work and just started clipping videos, just started writing things down. It's too much, man. Take it easy one time for me, White Sox. It, it's, I said this the other night. We were fully prepared to do full bears, training camp talk, diving, all that. We thought we were done with the Sox after the trade deadline. We were going to obviously mention Berger being traded, but we didn't think there was going to be that much Sox talk. And then the weekend happened, and to, like Al Pacino and the Godfather, they pulled me back in. And it's um, – we, we might go – like, Peter, you said it. We might go two hours tonight because there is so much to talk about. We are going to be – talking the burger trade, the TA fight. We're going to be breaking that down, you know, almost minute by minute or second by second there. And we're going to be talking Middleton, Lance Lynn, Yaz, TA again, Grafal, Rick Hahn, like all of it, man. And maybe we'll talk some bears. We do have a couple nonsense things and questions of the week, but I think a good majority of this is going to be spent on the shit show that is the White Sox and the weekend and the national embarrassment all over again is if we weren't shitty enough. But uh, before we get into that, how was your weekend, gents? I enjoyed myself. So we're going to talk about how we watched the TA fight. But spoiler alert, three out of the four of us hung out on Saturday. Still kind of reeling from it. We're a little bit tired. I'm, I'm, look, at, but, I'm actually drink, I'm actually drinking it. I mean, we have so, to. We got to be on brand. Uh, speaking is, of on brand, before we get started, you two look like a couple of NASCAR drivers. What happened to no free ads on this show? We better get a Milwaukee sponsorship, a couple Harley Davidsons, something, because you guys look like walking billboards right now. <laughs> I'm actually go. I'm actually going up to Wisconsin tomorrow, so may- maybe I'll pass by uh, Harley Davidson or. That's right. You have, yeah, you have. You have to go, go up to, to Green, Green Bay, Bay, Johnny. Yeah. And yes, yes, in a couple for a few um, days. So. You know, I'm not saying don't do anything, but maybe if you want to do a little vandalism to Lambeau <laughs> Field, that would be some good viral content. Because apparently, they all the Green Bay fans like chipping at us over the weekend for some stadium pictures. If you saw that. Yeah, I saw that. I mean, there's not really much I could do concerning the fact that uh, the company I work for owns a majority of uh, the Green Bay Packers. So, okay, um, so don't do anything like that. Yeah, like, can't do that I, I, I respect. I, I respect. So, um, so yeah, I'm drinking a little bit tonight. I actually just cracked the uh, Stag Batch 23A. I did a little quick. What are you doing, bottom. man? Time out. <laughs> Bum of the week. Flag on, on the plate. I ha- hey, listen. No I have whiskey, to give no other whiskey from now on until we sell all these motherfucking bottles. <laughs> so let's let, we'll talk about the, we'll, let's talk about our our brand new bottle. But yes, I you know CD Liquors hooked me up with the stag, so I had to do a quick little pop and bottle short. You know, talk about the the bottle. But you know, if if I want to keep getting good, you know, good stuff, I got to give them shout outs as shout outs as well. So, but guys, our brand new Knob Creek single barrel select courtesy. 
in collaboration with CD Liquors. It's out now. Thank you for everyone who's bought one so far. We appreciate it. We're in the process of delivering them. I'll be at the game on Friday. If you're going, you can pick up your bottle as well. But I, I tweet out the picture on Saturday of the initial inventory that was there and what was left. And it's about half gone already. And that was a span of four days. So if you haven't gotten one, I highly recommend you get it. It's a very, very good port. And if you already have one, buy another backup because once it's gone, it's gone. And you're going to be, once you kill that final little bit of that bottle you got, you're going to be upset if you don't have a backup bottle. That's true. You got to have a couple, two, three on hand. Um, For people asking if we ship, we cannot ship, but hit my DMs. I might be able to ship some uh, olive oil or cooking oil in the mail. So uh, we cannot, but we might be able to ship other things. So hit up the DMs. Drew, you are coming to Whiskey at Comiskey on 26th. Send me some money. Venmo me some money. I'll pick you up a bottle and I'll bring it on the 26th. Because I know I'm always going to be bringing some bottles on the 26th for people who I'm not going to see until Whiskey Committee. So uh, shoot me a DM. I'll get you. I'll get you taken care of for that. So you don't have to worry about it. Well, here we go. Here we go. With this guy. By the way, I mentioned um, my DMs are open. I got somebody's address. If uh, any, anybody wants to hit me up, uh, it's for sale. Yeah, there. The uh, the mob will be definitely running up that place pretty quickly and. <laughs> But anyway, uh, speaking of drinking, I mean, we need a good high proof, 120 proof bourbon after this weekend, right? You might need yeah. a couple bottles to drink after this weekend because it's <laughs> like you mentioned, it's a dumpster fire. Yeah. So uh, Johnny wasn't wasn't able to join us on Saturday, but the the three of us got together at Peter's house. We watched a lot of fights, um, literally and figuratively. There was SummerSlam. There was the Logan Paul, Nate Diaz fight. Um, so we were kind of planning the next month and a half of, uh, content of Bumcast and everything. Uh, so I will want to, I will give you guys one announcement right now. Uh, join us in two weeks, uh, the 21st, August 21st, our fantasy football spectacular is going to be back. We got John Dabari coming back. We'll be taking all your fantasy football submissions, you live questions, you know, who you guys should, who you think you should draft and all that stuff. So, uh, join us on 21st for all things fantasy and, um, Got some other stuff in the pipeline, but we're not going to reveal that just yet. But we will announce the fantasy football show. We have that uh, confirmed and on the books in two weeks. So um, that was that. But we got some good content ideas coming out. And I don't spoil it right now, but uh, it was a good drinking fest until <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> I mean, all right. So I came out of the bathroom. Usually a peek behind the curtain. Jason, between all, all four of us, basically, but me and you specifically, we watch a lot of White Sox baseball, and if we're not together watching wrestling, it's we're watching and we're texting each other. Did you see this? You'll send me a video to clip, and I'll post it, or I'll send you a yep. tweet to post, and you'll quote tweet it, and it go, we go back and forth. By it's just flat out bad luck. We didn't have the game on, and I'm walking out of the bathroom, and I see Father Zoe's tweet of, "Did Ta slip or did he get rocked?" And I'm like. Oh shit, what happened? And immediately I go into the dining room where we're all hanging out. And it's like, get on the internet. We got to figure out what happened. And by that point, it was like five minutes too late. But it's like, holy shit. Of all the games we weren't watching, that was it. So we caught up real quick. 
And it was, uh, I mean, it's a fall from grace from TA, right? Like, there's a, I've seen a lot of tweets about, well, I've seen like, oh, it's obvious you've never been in a fight if like you're making fun of him getting knocked out. And then he got caught. Like, it was a lucky swing. It, it, it happens. If you put up, you know, bar fights. I've been in a bunch of Sunday league soccer fights that go exactly like that. You know, like if I'm in Douglas Park playing soccer, this was probably 10 years ago at that point. There's a lot of pissed off landscapers and roofers and carpenters that basically want to fight instead of play soccer. I've seen that type of fight week in and week out. It happens. You don't see it in baseball. And that was my first point is I it's almost once every three, four years, right? When was the last time they fought like this? Like, a, I think maybe Joey Batista and Roughned Odor, who, yeah. who Roughned Odor could throw some hands too. Um, speaking of which, Ellis Andrew was in both of these fights, just kind of like, he's like, he might be like the Loki of Major League Baseball. Like he just gets into <laughs> mischief wherever he goes. Yeah. Um, Don King. <laughs> but yeah, that was my first point is like, this shit happens. It just so happens that it happened to TA and he's had a rough year and a half and this just further cements the white sacks like uh dumpster fire what were yeah. your first thoughts so you guys want to start with this or you want to just go timeline for the week because uh i'll just let's just start with ta okay we'll we'll talk uh the rest of the nonsense later on okay so my first thought is i regret watching SummerSlam. <laughs> yeah and you know usually you guys come to my house because we and we drink the bourbon we go in the bum cave you said hey come by us i got the fire stick for the logan paul fight so we can watch the fight too and i was like yeah i'm not, definitely not you know paying for that fucking nonsense you're bringing the fire stick to my house next time peter so we can have tv too go <laughs> the, the two tv setup the two tv setup would have been we, we, we needed that we of all days we needed the two tv setup was on saturday um so let's – we caught in on the second brawl, the the one that was, like, caught on the, you know, pitch, by the pitcher's mound and everything. We we missed the – we completely missed the the knockout and everything like that. So let's, let's break this down, guys. Let's go – you know, let's be Mystery Science Theater 3000. Let's uh, watch it on the big screen. Um, and we'll and we'll break it down. So Peter, you got you you went through. You got the videos. Let's uh let's let's talk about it. And I'm sure you guys have seen the YouTube and the Twitter clips left and right. But we're still gonna show you again. So here we go. First one is just the fight, and it's called by NBC Chicago. And Oscar's throw is not in time. He just missed him at second base. This is another rocket of a throw, and now oh boy. Oh, my goodness. Here come the benches. Off we go. It started with Anderson and Ramirez. Swings being taken. Okay. So my first thought was we don't know what was said between them. It looked like he tagged him. And I think Ramirez said that he tagged him too. But they've they've had beef. They've, they've always been jawing at each other for the past, what, two years? So obviously there's some animosity between them already whatever he said and ta just dropped his glove decided all right put him up let's fucking go and it was like good ufc but then i saw the the one boxer broke it down where he went in southpaw he went in southpaw yeah he shouldn't have went in south so like he made a first mistake right there 
Maybe T.A. pays for some boxing lessons going forward. Now, I appreciate Tim Anderson being the only one who actually shows some fucking fight, like spark and fight in this in this team when this is a fucking shit show season. And maybe them being shitty as enough as it is and them trading people away. He's been on edge more. And maybe it just maybe it's something set him off. Who knows? No one knows what we really said. But I, either way, I like him being the only after seeing all the other shit that went down with, you know, Yaz and Middleton and all those other comments that came out. Which we're going to talk about in a bit. It's nice that he actually had some fight, even though he got knocked the fuck out. You got knocked the fuck out, man. Yeah, I, I've come around like full circle on TA. It's been like I said, a rough year and a half, but. The more I look at this team, the more we watch this team, he might be the only motherfucker that gives a fuck. Maybe he gives a fuck too much, and he's trying yeah. too hard, and he's pressing too hard, and he's got outside influences, and now this was the last straw. But like you said, we don't know what happened. I saw an interview in Spanish with Ho Jose Ramirez saying um, that TA has a history of tagging people hard, and he said he wanted to protect the younger players on his team, um, and, and he but it's a rivalry, man. It's Cleveland. It's the White Sox. This shit happens. I think a lot of it also had to do with Ramirez while getting up, kind of hits the back of TA's leg and then gets up and starts pointing the finger. Once you start pointing fingers in people's faces, it's like a hockey fight. Like, like he and, mentioned and him. Maybe, getting... maybe he even threw him like the, like pal in Spanish, like, Hey pal. <laughs> yeah. You pal. We don't know if you threw a pal, <laughs> like we talked about it. A, a Spanish, a Spanish pal and a finger. I I throw hands too, man. You don't yeah. pale me in my face with the finger. Um, so TA gets knocked down, and maybe maybe it was just he got lucky. Ramirez got lucky. You know the 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 bench is clear. You got people to your left, your right. You lose maybe some peripheral vision. You catch one in the side of the head. He goes down. But where it gets bad though is when. The, I don't know if you saw the pictures too of him trying to get up afterwards, and he was just fucking noodle. Like he got, he got put to sleep, man. That was UFC knockout, man. We talk about TA spaghetti. He he was on spaghetti legs. Yeah. It was it was like a UFC knockout. I, I, people in the comments are like breaking down. He left his left wide open. I mean, yeah, he yeah. threw two good punches, and then left the whole his whole face wide open where they teach i mean we, we've I've, we, i think johnny we've all gotten in a couple of scraps here or there like you gotta either keep your head up or you gotta tuck your chin and he didn't either and the, he, he got always caught. got tuck the chin always he got, got hit on the chin. button uh, and the button happens it, it happens um but yeah the noodle legs was a tough look and then the other tough look while this was all happening to ta was once they get separated i have the video of Possibly the shortest guy on the team trying to carry him off into the dugout. And there is Andrew Vaughn who lifts Tim off the ground and makes sure that even though Tim is trying to get out of the grasp of Andrew Vaughn, that he can't. I mean, that's a that's a tough scene. You got carried carried out like a toddler. Um, so there was comments to, in today's press conferences from all the bullshit, which we'll break in a little bit, but about the Sox not having a leader in the clubhouse and no, the culture in this. And then there was a tweet that's saying, well, Andrew Vaughn carrying TA shows that he's a leader. No, that's just being a good homie and carrying your 
boy off the field. So one, he doesn't get knocked the fuck out even more. And two, he was already fucking spaghetti legged and he couldn't really fucking walk. So that's not, I don't really call that being a good leader. It's just looking out for your homie. Like anyone who's been in a fight and knows when your buddy's beat. Yeah. You, you got to get him you out. Him back. Got to get him you out. Hold him back. You carry him out, man. You know, you, you threw in, he threw in the towel for Tim Anderson. He, he fucking, you know, rocked him and said, you're done. Yeah, I saw that, and I had that. Re- I'm glad you asked that, Jason. I'll ask Johnny and Dougie, um, because his on the field play this year has left a lot to be desired. Do you think Andrew Vaughn can be a leader of this team? I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, you got to lead by example, and right now he's not leading any example. I mean, yeah, it was cool that he, you know carried his dude off and everything like that. But I do the same thing to my son when he's got a poop diaper. I carry him like that the same way. You know, sometimes you just got to get the man where he needs to go, you know? Point A to point B. Yeah. (laughs) Johnny? Johnny, is he a leader? Uh, No. I mean, he might be – I don't think he has that in in him. Um, I think he could probably lead some sort of way by example, but I don't think he's that – verbal type of player that that will go and just say like hey like he could he could calm a clubhouse down or he could lead by example in different ways um i i just don't think so i think he's just more of a role player than anything currently right now i mean he's still young as well too maybe down the road he, he might be but i mean i, I don't even see robert being a, a leader in the clubhouse as well too and he's your best player in that clubhouse uh you're gonna need people in that clubhouse if you're gonna change the dynamic of this team you're gonna need people like that and obviously we were kind of hinting about other things that we've talked about as far as um as far as being a leader in the clubhouse and you know peter you mentioned is that there were, there's a lot of people um in the media people on white Sox twitter everywhere who's been pretty much bashing anderson all all this year on his play, just everything about it. And obviously once he got into this fight, some, uh, maybe some people's uh, minds have changed about it. I'm not quite sure, but overall, I just think that um, Anderson, he, he showed that grit. He showed that, Hey man, even though that we're fucking what, like 20 games under 500 or whatever we're currently at right now, um, you're still going to fight. You're going to still do what you, you can do to roll up a team regardless. I mean, they took two out of three of, of the Cleveland, you know, of, of Cleveland right now. Um, and nobody talks about that because we're overshadowing about all the shit that's been going on in the clubhouse and the organization. That's bad. I mean, that's fucking terrible when we're still talking about this and this team is fucking terrible right now. Like that's a bit, that's definitely bad. Um, but like I said, I, I, I just think there's just uh, T.A. I don't know how much longer we're going to have TA, um, but he has been very vocal, especially with a lot of players who, you know, if somebody get doesn't play a certain day, you know, he calls somebody out. So um, I don't know, man. Like as far as going back to the whole of Andrew Vaughn, um, you know, if he's a leader, he's not. Um, we definitely need leaders on this team. I mean, we're going to have to find it elsewhere, but, that's a whole different story or topic. Um, I, I just don't think he will be in anytime soon. Yeah. I mean, Peter was the leader of the team. Then he left. And as much you said about Lou Bob, I think a lot of the language barrier, you know, doesn't, you know, prohibits him doesn't from help. being like a true, yeah. True locker room leader. Um, and we don't really know what goes on in the clubhouse, right? 
I mean, we don't know what Tim Anderson says, but he doesn't say how much of a vocal leader he is, how much of a sheriff he is since, and maybe he hasn't stepped into that role yet since Peter left. We don't know, but he said, he, you, we don't know exactly how long he's going to be here. Is Are they going to pick up the option? I'm saying they they are going to pick up the option because he doesn't really have high trade value right now. So, I mean, you're not going to get anything for him. If you were going to trade him, end of last season was probably the best time to do it. But um, you just got to hope that he has a bounce back season next year. Doesn't have like the errors that he's had and just comes back to where he was, where he was winning batting titles. So, and then you, and then you can trade him at the trade deadline. He's shown flashes the last like two and a half weeks or so. He's been playing a lot better post all-star break. Still not at the level we're used to from Tim Anderson, but I agree with you. Um, I think he's going to be on the, on the club this next year. Uh, the option is what 14 million, 14 million yeah. is, you know, pennies for a, a TA type caliber player. I'm not saying this cur- current iteration of TA, but the previous iteration of TA 14 million is pennies. Right. Um, so I think he will be on the team next year. And like you said, if he get, you know, comes back up. Yeah. Maybe you trade him next off season. You never know, man. We could be talking about TA extension by the end of next year. Depending on who the hell is running the club, which we're going to talk about later. That's true. Uh, Zoe says this, the shit short start mar- market is shit this year. And yeah, if you got all it takes is one person who needs a mm-hmm. needs to be desperate to overpay or bank or trade off of his history. That's all you need. You, you know, you got you got all 20 other clubs. So you, all you need is one person to just, you know, give you the offer you want. Um, all right. So going further into the fight, uh, Peter, the next video you have for us. I mean, one. Go ahead. No, I was. It was the the band baby, Eloy. Now God played. Damn it. God damn it, Eloy. Oh, did we did we click on the same time? What are we doing? That only e- par for the course. Yeah, only Eloy would get into a melee and walk out hobbling and limping with his little fucking baby legs. Like, what are you doing, dude? I mean, if okay, may, if you took some cleats right in the right spot, understand it. But it's just such a bad look, no, giving his leg history that in any type of kerfuffle, he comes out with a limp or a gimp or something. That's, That's the a thing. big word. kerfuffle if that happens during like a random play where he's running in the second and he gets stepped on or third or whatever and he hobbles off like you know he's like a hurt deer yeah i understand it you know it's during the run of play during a fight you can't show any pain your your guys are scrapping man and you get stepped on a little bit and now all of a sudden you got a boo-boo come on man you gotta have some fight etiquette right so here's my theory on the whole thing my thoughts are maybe he knows that he can't take a punch. He's already watched one dude get folded. So he's like, <laughs> fuck this. I'm hobbling out of here. And nobody nobody would debate it because they're like, you know what? This motherfucker gets hurt all the time. It was just par for the course. He's like, I ain't taking one to the face. Dougie, that's a great point. He catches that that hands from Ramirez. He might be out for a year and a half. <laughs> that's a good point, yeah. Dougie. I appreciate that. Yeah, that that 
I, it, I mean, obviously, it, it looked like it was nothing serious. There hasn't been any uh, reports of him being injured. But, I mean, god damn, just the optics on that. Fucking Eloy. And then next thing you know, you can see Mankata just walking out, like, grabbing his back or something, too. <sighs> yeah. I'm, I'm, right. catching, I'm catching strays like Eloy here. What the hell? All right, so, Peter, you also uh, got some memes as well. I got some memes. I mean... He's, I said it in the, pre, like the pre-show promo. I mean, TA is getting memed to death, and it's by everyone, everyone on the internet, including Sports Center, who broke this down like it was like a fight night. Um, Anderson Ramirez, six one to five nine, weight one eighty five to one ninety, two jabs by Anderson, one power punch by Ramirez, and he wins the fight. Um. Pretty even. If you're looking at this from like a UFC boxing perspective, this is a pretty even fight. You know, people are saying like, oh, like Ramirez is, is much bigger, like weight wise. I'm like, no, like they're pretty much the same size. But isn't that different weight class though, technically? No, 185, 190. You know, like when it, it would be 185, but during fight night, people get to 185 and then by the, the end of the night, you know, you bulk up. He didn't, cut, he didn't cut his. It's, he didn't it's cut all his water five pounds. So we don't know. But his five pounds, so he has to give up half of his purse to TA for that. Yeah, that's a good point. Half of his salary. See, yeah, you know what? This when I the first time I saw this picture it was very encouraging to me because I was like, you know what? I'm five nine two, and my face looks just as fat as Ramirez's, and I'm like, you know what? If I was just two more inches taller. I would have a slim face, but I don't. So it is what it is. I was very, very happy with this. The beard is slimming. The beard is slimming, yes. Also, this tail of the tape is bullshit, right? This, I mean, Ramirez being 190 is much like Andrew Vaughn being six foot. No one's believing. It. <laughs> yeah, I'm, if you've seen him walking around, he that's at least 220 right there. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, the next one, obviously, the same thing. It was all over Instagram, the boxing gloves. Um, if you guys heard, like, Terry Terry Francona was having a field day on Sunday during the interview. He was saying, like, he was trying to be very, P, like, PC about it. And he's like, well, it's not funny. I don't want to say it's funny, but it's pretty funny. <laughs> it's like he didn't give a fuck. <laughs> Like the fact that he put him uh, on Sunday as a designated hitter, I'm sure he got a chuckle out of that. Like, oh, no pun intended. Yeah. The uh, the Jordan meme is tough. I mean, yeah. I saw this all over the place. Jake Paul. We watched the Jake Paul fight. We saw both of these guys won their fight on on Saturday. Um, both questionable at best, but. Uh, but they both won. I, you know what? Hold on a second. With the Jake Paul, I really hope that his next fight isn't against an old MMA fighter. I want him like fighting like a boxer in his prime. Don't not the Mayweather, you know, shit or anything like that. Not 38, 40 something year old MM ex UFC guys and stuff like that. I want him to fight a legit boxer. There's too much thing to be made for that to happen. Yeah. You know, these bozos. But Nate Diaz should have won that fight, though. If it goes 20 rounds, maybe, Diaz is like a marathon runner, you know? He he doesn't give up. He's like the uh, the T-1000. The, the, the guy uh, yeah, just keeps, like, just keeps coming. Just keeps coming. Uh, and then the last one, these bozos, uh, the Lake County captains, having a Jose Ramirez Appreciation Week 
All fans named Tim get a free ticket to sit down in the grass, wear your Ramirez jersey, and get a free Bam Bam cargo hold or get a free Bam Bam. Who knows? What the hell is a Bam Bam? Probably Uh, a drink or something. Home run punch derby and a punch out competition. Whatever. These guys, I mean, it's classic, classic uh, minor league teams trying to get do whatever they can to get people in the door. Um, But I saw this floating around. I wanted to go back to the whole Ramirez and the Bakken glove thing. All right. I could go back to it. No problem. And, and no, I mean, everybody's seen it you know, all over the internet and stuff like that. And nobody, everybody's naming him. Like he's a fucking boxer. Like he should be going to go boxing events. And stuff like that. It was a lucky fucking punch, man. Like that's all it was. He wasn't even seeing where the fuck he was going. He was kind his of going like this. His eyes were closed, man. Like don't, that's my thing. Another thing too. Yes. Did Tim Anderson get rocked? Of course he did. And then that's the, everything that everybody's going to say for the rest of like Anderson's career and beyond. They do the exact same thing with Barrett and, and AJ Brzezinski when they do that whole segment where anytime the Cubs in the White and Sox Nolan and Ventura and, and it keeps on continue. It's a, it's going to be a thing. I, I was listening to AJ um, on ESPN radio 1000. And he was saying that too, that people come up to him and they'll have pictures of that particular punch coming up to him and auto- asking for autographs for that. He says it never will, will never will, will it will be there in, for eternity until his base, like until he passes away. So that's going to say, be the same thing that Tim Harris is going to see for the rest of his career and beyond. But let's not crown fucking Ramirez. Like he's a fucking boxer or anything like that. It was a lucky fucking punch, man. So these, this stuff that Cleveland puts out or whoever else, or Terry Francona or everything like that, you guys, again, I, I, I did a rant with Cleveland a very long time ago when it was yeah. that playoff series. Um, I'm going to do it again. Fuck these guys, man. Because it's not it, like, it, like again, if it was something like Ardora versus Batista and Ardora had that fucking badass punch that got to Batista square in the face. And he saw that Ramirez did it. He was again, it was like that whole, like Lisa Simpson versus Bart Simpson. They were kind of like, well, if I <laughs> go, go this like way this. and if, yeah, I'm like, come on, man, don't, I don't know. Uh, to me, I, I just think like they they overblown the the whole punch and everything like that. As far as like him like being this like awesome like fighter or anything like that. To me, so yeah. uh, before we wrap up the TA stuff, he went and he, so he got his six game suspension, and people were saying why was his suspension more than Ramirez because he's already suspended five other times for conduct and everything and getting in altercations. So they're just gonna give him higher suspensions at this rate uh but he 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 broke his silence and he was very doing some very cryptic tweeting today you know and people are like trying to you know decipher it and everything look if that was me i would have been like fucking do caught me good for him you know just fucking own it and move on you know don't don't do the cryptic tweets or any of that shit just say you know just say yep he caught me fucking good for him but you know what we beat him two games out of three tim anderson on twitter is about as terrible as they go he gets he gets his he gets in his feelings and he gets into it with the twitter fingers and then like you mentioned cryptic his his tweets are about as cryptic as like alistair black promos in wrestling like you don't <laughs> understand what the fuck they're talking about and people are just like dissecting them left and right like oh maybe this is an easter egg about this and this is an easter egg about that no this isn't the avengers motherfucker this guy just in his feelings typing out nonsense 
So it's like, I wish he almost didn't have a Twitter. Like, stick to the pictures on Instagram of your family and, and your brand and your products and stuff like that. Twitter ain't for UTA. Boxing ain't for you, and Twitter ain't for UTA. Please stop it. Yep. And then we'll wrap it up with this lovely video. That hurt! <laughs> I mean, it's tough, right. man. He got memed to death. What can we say? You got memed to death. That's what I'm saying. When you get when you become a meme, you just got to own it and say, "Yep, I got caught," and that's it. All right. So then, guys, the drama the drama continued. So we had a TA fight. And then the Kenyon Middleton comments come out, and I'm just gonna read uh, real quick here. Uh, article dropped late last night. Uh, ESPN Jesse Rogers. Just if there, if there was any type of equivalent to a Woj bomb for a Rogers bomb, this was probably as good as it gets. Um, so Middleton, who was dealt to the Yankees at the trade deadline, uh, basically said, we came in with no rules. I don't know how you police the culture if there are no rules or guidelines to follow because everyone is doing their own thing. Like, how do you say anything about it? Because there are no rules. You have rookies sleeping in the bullpen during the game. You have guys missing meetings. You have guys missing pitcher fielding practices, and there are no consequences for any of this stuff. And that was basically us or everything that we assumed and we heard about was basically confirmed by Middleton, who's just a bit. He's a reliever. He just can't, he had his cup of coffee here, you know, for half a season, you know, and he just started giving the dirt and giving the sip, giving the tea, man. And I loved it. And then after that, you get Lance Lynn with this little uh, piece of information. Lance, have you, did you see what uh, Keenan Middleton said when he got traded? Uh, I did see what popped up yesterday. Yes. <laughs> Do you have any thoughts on that, possibly? Um, I could say this. Let me tell you, I can tell you what Key was wrong about. Okay. We're ready. Mm, I get it. I get it. You don't get it. Nothing. He was wrong about nothing. The inmates are running the asylum. It's like, uh, it's another Simpsons quote when the Simpsons recreated Lord of the Flies. And it's just basically kids going crazy. That's what this clubhouse is. That's what we thought it was. Uh, we all had the reports. Uh, even last week, I talked about someone during Whiskey at Comiskey told me a story that, you know, their cousin's friend that works here and there found out about, like, dissension in the clubhouse. And I was like, yeah, that all makes sense. It's all conjecture or, like, hearsay and rumors. But the rumors are true. The, the product on the field shows how much of a shit show the behind-the-scenes stuff is. So I want to know who's sleeping in the dugout. Which rookie so, is sleeping in the dugout? Which, well, it's, probably, which, it's probably Santos. Which player is missing meetings? And then this all goes back to the front office. It's an indictment from the top down. It's the top of the organization is, is flawed. Everything else trickles. It's the waterfall effect. It's the domino mm -hmm. effect. You know, when the bozos in the front office can't get their shit together, what makes you think they're going to hire Pedro Grafol and he get his shit together? And then all of the roster construction and the roster 
they get their shit together. It, it's a, it, you have to burn it all to the ground. And I'm happy for Kenyon Middleton. I'm happy for Jesse Rogers. Shout out Jesse Rogers. Yeah, I want to. I, I want to play this video clip real quick because he went second. on this morning. He went on this morning and he actually named more names. So here, I'm, right, before you. That too, but you know, it's the ones you know. Grandal is no friend of the pitchers. Mankata is no hard worker who is there for his team or his teammates. Um, it, it's the guys you know. Aloy is kind of happy-go-lucky, but really isn't isn't um, the hard worker, at least according to people that I talk to. So chipping out those players would be a start. Right? Jesse Rogers has been a reporter in this town for a long time. He was awesome when he basically covered all of the Blackhawks cup run, the three championships, everything about the Blackhawks. He did a great work for ESPN 1000 there. He moved over to baseball. He's done both Cubs and Sox. Credit to him because he's one of the only guys that are asking the tough questions and, and, and blowing this up. And now once this happens, then the other reporters kind of get the balls or kind of get the, you know, like the gumption to, share their stories because then we saw the Shane Reardon thing, whether or not it's true about Yaz and TA fighting and getting slapped in the cold tub, whether that's true or not, at least he had the balls to say it after the Jesse Rogers thing, you know, granted the story is almost a month old now because it happened before the uh, all-star break, but we need more of this. We need everyone to come out and share stories because that's the only way change is going to happen. We need Jerry to get embarrassed to the point of no return. We need people yelling, sell the team, wear your clown shirts. And we need reporters asking Grafol and Han tough questions. We need we need to get them embarrassed to the point where change happens because that's the only way all of this circus is going to change. Right. I, I, hold on. I, I just think one thing, too, is that, like I said, I've been listening to sports radio all day today about this whole thing. And one of the things that I I... I you know, they did this whole media scrum with uh, with Rick Hahn uh, and Jerry didn't want to talk about anything whatsoever. Obviously, this is like this is Jerry, classic Jerry. I was listening to again, I was I, I, I mentioned it before AJ was on with the ESPN Radio 1000 with the guys late afternoon and uh, with uh, with the, uh, Mark Silverman and, and Waddle. Um he was saying that Jerry cares. Jerry does care about the team. He does care about all this stuff. He he does see all the stuff that that that's going on and whatnot. But like to me, like he may seem that way to you, but to us, it's not looking like he gives a shit. And the fact that all this shit's been going on with it, it's not even like I think I saw John mention as well too. The Cubs are doing incredible right now. Not to like put the Cubs out here because we're we talk about your socks. Again, follow bums in the butt uh in the bleachers here. But um the thing is is that um the Cubs are doing good and the Sox are overtaking this whole story, not because they're doing terrible, not because they're doing great, it's because this old shit again with this organization. If Jerry had any balls whatsoever, he would come out and actually talk about all this shit, all this mess that's going around and say, Hey, I hear you. I, I want to change things around. Like, say something. Just say no. Stop saying no comment because it doesn't make us seem that you give a shit. 
And that's the thing that everybody gets fucking pissed off about. That's why we do these shirts with the, you know, with your, with, with, with the clown nose and everything like that. That's why people are, are paying so many much money on GoFundMe to put up signs saying, sell the team, Jerry. You, if you fucking care, if you truly care, say something, just say anything, just show us that you fucking give a shit. Cause it's going to get to a point. The Sox fans are going to get so fed up that they're going to get tired of this shit. We're already fed up as it is right now. And the fact that you're just hiding behind a wall and just letting Han just say these little like lawyer, like isms, every single, you know, back and forth, it's not helping us, you know, feel like you give a shit. Like, that's the thing that frustrates me at this is that I hear that he cares. It doesn't seem like you do. Yeah. So with Han, with the press conference today, he basically he addressed the T.A. You know, situation in his own way. Uh, but then when they asked him about Middleton, he basically said, well, when he was traded, he apologized to me for being unprofessional, which I 100 percent believe never happened. Like, why was what did he do during the season that was unprofessional? Do, does that story come out? Is it something just happened to Clubhouse? But it's always the White Sox way of when sh- negative shit happens that reflects on the team. They never accept accountability, and it's always they deflect. It's always blaming someone. So it's it wasn't Middleton speaking the truth about you know being wild west in the clubhouse and no rules and sleeping. It was. Oh yeah, he apologized for being unprofessional while I was here. So maybe you shouldn't take what he was saying. You take what he was saying with a grain of salt. I mean, fucking Han, man. Like I just I can't fucking stand listening to that guy anymore. And he's always said that if if I'm not the guy to lead this team, I'll be the first to step down. You should be already stepping down. Why haven't you stepped down, dudes? Fucking practice what you preach, motherfucker. Like you've had basically one winning season since you've been here, and you're going to say, like, well, I'm still the guy that get it done? No, you haven't been able to get it done. And it's about time that after the season, he needs to fucking officially either, if he doesn't get fired, he needs to be a man and fucking walk away. It has to happen. It has to happen. Uh, I, I listened to the presser just like you did, Jason. The fact that he intimated, basically saying, like, well, me and Pedro have been telling you that there's been a problem with the culture for the last like six weeks or before the all-star break, we hinted that there's a problem with the culture. And that's why we did the moves that we did during the trade deadline. Like motherfucker, you're just indicting yourself. You're in charge of the culture. You and Pedro Grafal are in charge of this. No one else. Don't blame the players. Don't blame Kenyon Middleton for speaking out. It's a Rick Hahn problem. It's a Pedro Grafal problem. And it's a Jerry problem. Like yeah, the fact that it's just like, like you mentioned, just deflecting and blaming other people when he's been the issue for the last 10 years is batshit crazy. So now, if this if this isn't the catalyst for change, I don't know what will. Maybe nothing will. Be- you can't have this type of an embarrassment where the only news we ever get on ESPN or on MLB Network or all of the national headlines is when people are making fun of us. You know, we we talked about it earlier in the season when the Dodgers basically the the Dodgers announcers basically made fun of us for an inning and a half. And now ESPN's running with it and it's funny. And Major League Baseball is talking about the circus that it is. It's never positive news. It's never like, oh, maybe 
one little shining bright star of Luis Robert in the home run derby that lasted all of 45 minutes. Like that's the highlight of our season was I was happy for about an hour. Yeah. Yeah. And then when Griffal gets on and does his interview, he talked, I, I listened to his comments and I was trying to find a video where I could, I could clip of him. Um, I, but I, I couldn't, unfortunately, but I, I, I actually heard it on the radio. He must've mentioned the world word culture no less than 72 times in his – it was like listening to R Vince Russo say bro every other word. He <laughs> kept on talking about culture this, culture that. Your culture fucking sucks, bro. I actually went back, and Jay Kuda had a tweet earlier about his comments that he made on his opening when he got hired at his, at his hiring con press conference and how he was going to change the culture and guys weren't going to play out of position and guys were going to be held accountable and blah, blah, blah. And none of that shit has fucking happened at all. And then he goes on and says, well, the leaders who I thought were leaders aren't really the leaders, so we had to make changes. Motherfucker, you, you're the leader. You are the motherfucking leader. If, you're, if the guys that you think are going to be like the captains, the clubhouse leaders aren't getting it done, you need to step in and fucking take charge. You can't just be like, well, they didn't really do what I expected them, so we're going to trade them, but we're not really going to make changes. We're just going to hope that the, maybe the next guys are going to be better leaders than the leaders that I thought. And it's all leader culture, leader culture, bullshit, 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 bullshit. This guy needs to be fucking gone after the season, guys. And if he isn't, there's going to be a lot of fucking angry rioting Sox fans. Yeah, I, I think it has to be a one-and-done season for Pedro. I, I think the writing's on the wall. If Rick Hahn wants to keep his job, you know, ultimately, you know, the hiring was his fault. But the easy way to be, like, keep your job is to blame someone else. And we see this all the time with Jerry. Someone needs to be the scapegoat. And maybe this year it's Pedro Grafol. Now, who yeah. they hire, who, who knows? Because it's still going to be Rick Hahn. Hopefully not. But, yeah, at least for this season, he's shown. At the beginning of the season, I said, like, between injuries and him be, it being his rookie year and, you know, everything else, you, you had to give him more rope. The rope's gone. The rope's cut. Pedro needs to be gone. Yeah, I will say, I will say, I will say another thing as well, too, as far as, like, the organization's concerned. I mean, look at the way that all these people, all these players are, are coming out. Even like when, you know, when Dallas Keiko got traded or, or whatnot, he was talking about the organization. Everybody thought he was crying wolf and all that. And sure enough, look at all the shit that's been coming out with other players. If you see um, what they did to Frank Thomas as well, too, Frank Thomas is one of the best White Sox hitters of all time. And the way that they treated him once, you know, they were like, hey, sorry, see you later, bye. Like, and Jerry didn't even like reach out to him. And he thought that he was like, man, Jerry didn't even reach out, even to reach out to me. I thought that we were, you know, good friends and whatnot. And they just kind of like kicked them out of the curb. That's one of the White Sox best hitters. And they treat them like that. If you're a free agent going into next season, forget about, let's just say Rick Hahn, forget about everybody else. If you're a free agent, you think you want to come to this shit show, regardless of how many money is thrown at you, like the organization, not only from the White Sox, but there's people from the Bulls organization that were saying how much they fucking got treated when they were in that organization as well, too. The time is up. Jerry has to fucking give get away from this team. And it's not going to happen next year anytime soon because I know it is. Jerry's going to stay there until, I don't know, till the end of time, until when his time is over. But I'm just saying, like, it, it's just 
everywhere, everywhere. The organization is getting heat all over the place. And we're definitely like the laughing stock. Obviously there's other teams that are laughing stock like Oakland and, and whatnot. I'm not going to get too much into that, but I'm just saying like, if you're a free agent, I'm looking at this shit. I'm like, I don't want to fucking sign here. This is just, a, it's going to be a huge fucking dumpster fire. If I sign over there. Well, I'm happy you brought that up, Johnny, because that's one of the points I wanted to make too, was people were, you know, there was like the whole thing with Yaz and TA and him showing that he doesn't care. He doesn't want to be there. Him having beef with the pitchers or whatever. It's starting to make me think now, like when the Sox actually land a high name free agent, what's, what's wrong with him? What's his baggage? You know, like, <laughs> because like we all thought getting Grandal was, oh yeah, he's, he's got a good bat, left-handed, good framer. You know, he had great seat with, I mean, but that's, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah go ahead. But so. yeah, you know, now it sounds like he's just a piece of shit in the clubhouse. And then when he had that, he was getting questioned at the earlier today about TA. And he said, well, you know, for the all-star break, no, it's not true. But, you know, I, I do have a cabin on the lake and I did want to, I miss my family and we were trying to get family time together. So it was like, well, you basically just said that, yeah, you wanted to leave early because you weren't a lot. You basically admitted because you wanted family time. So maybe he's, if he's a selfish player, and that's all the Sox can get because they don't want to, not only do they want to give out piece of shit contracts, but because they can't just, people just don't want to come here. So maybe we're just getting like fucking just the leftovers from people who, from teams who just are passing on free agents. And it makes me, it, it, I'm going to start wondering now, like guys that we get, are they really good character guys? Or because it seems like everyone we get is just, they suck. Tough, tough to tough to ask about good character guys when you are big free free agent oh. signing as SP five. Yes, one hundred percent. My point. You know, um, I'm really curious to see if Abreu is going to speak up. I'm sure he's going to get asked. He about did. It. Oh, he did. Uh, uh, no, did but I? I'm saying he, all these players speak off after the fact. Even Jake Berger, which we didn't talk about, because Jake Berger trade feels like. A million years ago, and we didn't yeah. get to talk about it because it happened Tuesday after we recorded on Monday. Even he said, "Like, wow, that was like the funnest game I've been a part of in a long time. Like his first yeah. game out of Chicago." Obreu said the same thing at the beginning of this season when he landed in Houston, basically saying, "Like, this is different. I'm having fun." It, yeah. Like everyone that leaves here, you even Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly's have had a up and down stint since he went back to the Dodgers but like they're all different once they leave Chicago it, J- Jason you had the quote earlier about Pacino I'm going to use the Scarface one the womb is polluted like the whole thing is polluted yeah um, no but I was I was curious to see if like people are going to ask Pito now like if they're, they're, I'm, they're, I'm sure there's got to be some reports going to be like hey do you want to comment on any of the White Sox <laughs> Drama. It'll probably be, you know, no, I don't want to talk about that. You know, he'll probably be, but I hope that he would just fucking name names. You know, I saw, so I saw someone on Twitter earlier today saying that we need to get Lurie Garcia to spill all the beans since he was like the longest tenured White Sox um, from the past decade. Peter, your eyes lit up on that. <laughs> I had a f- fake, half-assed, corny joke, but it was this shit didn't. This shit didn't fly when Lurie Garcia was around. Maybe he was the <laughs> maybe he was the clubhouse 
captain. <laughs> Maybe he was. We, longest, we don't tenured, know. longest tenured man. He, um, he talked to the the English speaking guys. He talked to the Spanish speaking guys. Who knows? Lurie Garcia was the was the glue of this god godforsaken team. And Sox just beat the Yankees. So boom, suck it, gabagools. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean, like, I want. I when Yaz leaves next season, I hope he goes fucking nuclear, man. I hope he just. I'm sure he's being like little, like semi professional and just playing politics right now. But I hope when he finally leaves, that he just goes fucking nuclear on, on the team, and he just release, release all the dirt. And I'm gonna I'm gonna love it. I just I want to hear it all. I want everyone to just I want people to name names and get it over with, so we can be more of an embarrassment and f- hopefully force change because yeah, that's the that's only the way only it's way. gonna happen. Yep. So I know right. I know I'm going like way back or whatever, but back to the whole Middleton thing. And I was I had a little chuckle to myself when I heard Rick Hahn say that like he was apologizing to him and everything. What if what if last night Milton was like just telling on himself he was the guy that missed the meetings he was the dude that <laughs> you know like, like just total heel turn like it was me I was the bad guy you know but they let me do uh, it that would have been funny yeah I was the fucking guy sleeping in the yeah in the and I would have got away with it if it wasn't for your meddling kids kids uh, <laughs> all right um so real quick uh yeah we we didn't talk about the burger we got the guy we, burger was traded at the trade deadline, they got guy left-handed pitcher from the uh, Marlins, Jake Etter, Eater, however you want to say his name, uh, 24-year-old. Hey, he came back from Tommy John, so that's the Rick Hahn special, guys. Got to get them pitchers with rehabbed oh, arms. Um, but he's a high not the, What's up? not the Rick Hahn special. Not the Rick Hahn special. Oh, that's right. It's a Kenny Williams special. It's a Kenny Williams special because Rick Hahn had no talks with the GM from the Marlins. Yeah. I mean, if yeah, that's no, not no one knows who's in charge. Uh, but yeah, highly regarded pitching prospect. Uh, I think he's in double A right now, so we'll see uh, how he progresses. Um, so that's going to wrap up our nearly hour long White Sox talk here. We got some other couple segments we're going to do. We said we might go long today because we had we're a lot to on. talk about today, man. Um, so we'll do it. We don't really have any ads, but we have an ad for our bourbon. Peter, I saw you have the slide. Why don't you give us the tasting notes for our brand new Knob Creek single barrel rye pick exclusively at CD Liquors in Bolingbrook? Yeah. So, um, not to, uh, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass when I say this is a fantastic Knob Creek pick. Uh, Most Knob Creek picks, um, around the Chicagoland area are good. They're levels of good. Um, but what I like about this, and I talked to, shout out John, the Dram Daddy, Bums in the Bleachers. You can catch that tomorrow morning at 9 p.m. on the YouTube. Um, it's not like a Jim Beam product, which is why I like it so much. You still get a little bit of the Jim Beam nuttiness to it, but in the form of like a dessert. I call this a dessert whiskey. Um, it's like peanut M&Ms and caramel, a lot of molasses. I get a bunch of oak. Um and what I like about it the most is that it comes in waves. The beginning is very desserty, and then the finish is just classic 120 proof bourbon punch of black pepper and oak and the tannins, and almost like a there's like a little bit of a drying aspect, which I like in my bourbon. Um, so yeah, um, if you guys are interested, obviously run out the CD liquors or hit us up in the DMs. And I'm also interested in everyone else's notes because John gave me his tasting notes. He gets a little bit of like dried, um, dried red fruit to it. 
and he talked about there being like a big butterscotch wave. Um, God damn it, SPF. Um, but yeah, I get butterscotch in there. He, he got it a lot more than I do. So um, yeah, I'm really excited about it. Um, I can't wait for everyone to try it. I know we've just barely started getting the deliveries out, and I got a I got a list of people I got to deliver to this week. So uh, you get your bottles. Let me know what you taste. Let me know what you think of the bottle and uh, share it. Share it on Instagram. Share it on Twitter. Uh, we can't thank you guys enough. Yes, we th- we thank everyone we and we love you guys for, for supporting us. And we got more stuff coming down the pipeline. So stay tuned. All right. Um, talk a little. I feel like we're going 10 o'clock. So might as well do some bums after dark here. Oh, yeah. Let's keep it up there. Uh, okay, so we're going to talk a little Bears notes here. It won't be too long. And then we're going to talk some Lala. And then we got some uh, some beer talk and some couple questions here. So, um, okay, so Bears training camps in full gear. Uh, first preseason game is this Saturday. I'm excited. I'm very excited, even though it's first preseason. But it's football. It's Bears football's back, baby. And you can't, can't get excited enough. Um, so the big news of the week, Bears made two big signings. Uh, Mercedes Lewis, uh, 39-year-old tight end, former of the Packers. He's going to just be on a one-year deal, but he's primarily your blocking tight end. Uh, but the other big signing was um, defensive end Yannick Najoku. Am I saying that right? I have no idea. Did I get it right, Peter? Close enough. I was, I've was. i been waiting like four days for that pronunciation. Um, <laughs> I love the Jason had bum in charge pronunciations. Yeah. Yannick Njoku. Wait, say it again. In Goku. The Goku. Okay. The Goku. There we go. Uh, one year, $10.5 million I've, contract. Hand up. I've also had a bunch of bourbon. I might not be right. I'm okay. usually good with the pronunciations. I, might not be right now. Yeah, this is uh, hitting really good right it, now. It's hitting good right it now. It is in Gakwe. I knew it was in Gakwe. You got me. In you, Gakwe. You got me. All right. In Gakwe. All right. One year, $10.5 million contract. Uh, he's had 19 and a half sacks over the last two seasons. So uh, basically 20 or 10 sacks uh, a year uh, played with the Colts uh, last season. So he's very familiar with Eber Flus's, uh system. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's go, man. We need, we need some guys who, uh, who know who are good in the system. We need a defensive end. I'm very excited. Um, before uh, the only question I got for you guys is which, what are you looking forward to for the first preseason game? And I, I'll go. I'll go with me. I'm looking forward to seeing how the running back situation plays out because, with um, Khalil Herbert and then Deontay Foreman and then um, uh, Rashawn Johnson, Rash, Rashon, Rashawn Johnson. Um, <laughs> it's preseason. Yeah, Rashad, preseason, yeah. man. I, I'll get these names by the by yeah, week one. He'll get it. He'll um, get how, it. How's he? How is he going to be? Is he going to be the new future every down back? Is is he going to be a lot? You know what? We'll see with him. Fourth round rookie. Um, so that's what I'm looking forward to on Saturday. Yeah. Um, it's tough to break down preseason games. I know Jason, you're a big, get these guys minutes. I really don't care one way or another. Um, but I'm excited about Ngakwe. Um, you mentioned it 9.5 sacks last season, 21 forced fumbles in the last three years. Um, he's had eight sacks or more in every season he's played. And the bears last year, their sack leader was Jaquan Brisker, a safety with all of four sacks. So this was desperately needed. Like this type of player was desperately needed. We needed somebody. And he, to be transparent, I think they were transparent. He's not a run stopper. Like he's not going to play every down. 
but he's very, very good at what he does, which is rush the quarterback and get sex. That's what we need. Um, I'm really excited to see not only in preseason, but this revamped Bears defense. Um, Tremaine Edwin, Ed, Edwins was a Edwards. <laughs> Jesus Christ was a good signing. See, I know our the, bourbon will 120 proof might be a problem. We might have to cut <laughs> it down during the bump cast. Um, and then Jason, you mentioned it. Um, it sounds like, and this is according to Greg Braggs. Uh, it sounds like Dante Foreman is getting a lot of the pass catching reps. Uh, so he might be the guy where Justin Fields bails out, you know, throws it to him. And it sounds like Roshan Johnson is getting a lot of the red zone reps. So anything inside the 20 might be Roshan Johnson um, time. Yeah, so we'll have to ask uh, our fantasy football gurus. So that's where I was going to get to. It sounds like it's going to be a full-blown running back by committee in Chicago, which I'm cool with as a Chicago Bears fan. As a fantasy football player, you might want to stay away for a little while. Yeah, yeah. Um, Guys, Johnny, Dougie, real quick, I need some thoughts on some Bears. Um. Um, Go, oh, go. Um, yeah. So the, the first preseason game, you're not really going to see that much of like anything that you're, you're, you're hoping for. Um, but I mean, I just, I just want this offensive line to, to protect Justin Fields. That's like my number one thing as well, too. I, I feel a little bit more comfortable with the defense right now, especially with the signing that we got, but, um, it's just this offensive line. I, I got to see a little bit more of it protecting Justin Fields. Like, obviously, like we know we could do with with his feet and whatnot. He could run, but I don't want him to do that. He's got weapons now. He he's got wide receivers. I've heard that Claypool is having a really good um, you know, training camp. But then again, this is training camp. What are you gonna do? How are you gonna like you know progress going into like these preseason games and let alone week one and then I'm I'm beyond as well too, um. The offensive line is like the number one thing for me right now. I just want to make sure that, hey, we could protect Justin Fields and whatnot. Um, I've heard that, you know, so far they're having a, a pretty good off um, training camp right now. But again, um, let's see what you could do, you know, when it comes to like these preseason games and beyond. Johnny, I have an offensive line note for you from the preseason. It sounds like Alex Leatherwood has moved to the inside. And he's running with the second team at left guard. He's basically spelling Tevin Jenkins. Um, When they signed him last year off of free agency after he got cut by the Raiders, I thought this was a like, you know, low risk, high reward type of thing because he had the pedigree. He had the pedigree as a first round draft pick by the Raiders. He never put it together with the Raiders. He came to the Bears. Got mono right away. Congrats on kissing girls, Alex Leatherwood, um, <laughs> making out like a fifth grader. But uh, then he never really put it together. But he has the pedigree. I think, you know, this might be last chance saloon for Alex Leatherwood. Um, so we need all the offensive line depth that we can. If he is able to spell Tevin Coke or Tevin Jenkins, not send Tevin Cohen, Tevin Jenkins for a little while, because we know he has a history of the bad back the bad neck. You got to have to keep him fresh because at the end of last year, he looked really good. So all of this offensive line depth is going to go a long way in the main thing of protecting Justin Fields. Yeah. Dougie, want to close this out with bears? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, echo your guys' thing. Uh, you know, I'm a big guy, big guy. Uh, 
yeah, since the draft, that's that's that was my main focus. So that's what I'm looking to see. Um, but that first preseason game, even going into that second preseason game, I'm just getting the juices flowing to seeing my team logo flying around and everything like that. I don't I don't weigh too much on it, you know, and I just kind of I'm like just getting into those fields where I'm not going to do shit on Sundays from here on out. So, yep, we're we're locked in for the next six months. Uh, one other thing, man. We love you, Mongo. Hope you know. Yeah. Oh, I know hell yeah! I know, I know. I I know you're fighting. So you know, prayers, man, to you. Um, so I have I have some breaking news here, guys. Happened over the wire about a uh, half hour ago. Uh, Tim Anderson was removed from the game with a bruised left forearm. X-rays were negative. So not only did he get knocked the fuck out, he hurt his arm by punching Ramirez. Take, I mean. Take a couple. He's going to have that six-game suspension. I'm sure they're appealing. Yeah. Take, a, take a breather. Take a couple, two, three days off. I thought I yeah. thought he got hit by Garrett Cole. Um, I, I'm just – I think he got hit by a pitch. I, I, I know. I know. I'm just being yeah. – um, <laughs> being me saying that he got hurt from punching. Because that would be a very White Sox thing, getting hurt. Like, Eli would probably break his hand by punching someone. All right. Let's move on here. Uh, Johnny, you wanted to talk about some Lollapalooza, and yes, yes. I said, I said, I don't really have anything to contribute. But then you said, not so fast, muchacho. You have something you wanted to. I, you sent me something, and I was going to comment it. on it. So I sent, I sent, I sent you all you guys something. So um, Lollapalooza, I know you know. Once again, bunch of people over there, or whatnot. I was watching some of the stuff on Hulu. And some of the stuff was, I'm like, okay, like I never heard of this artist before or whatnot, but there was one particular one that kind of caught my eye and it was stuff because we, me, uh, Peter and Jason, we used to go out to clubbing all the time. We used to go to clubbing all the time. And to me, like, like some of the music that we, we would listen to was kind of exactly what I, guys, I, I sent you. And, and the name of the band is called Subtronics. Um, and they're very, it seems like they're very club-like type of music and whatnot. Um, going through all these the, the, these artists and going through everything, obviously, I, you know, there's some, so there's a lot of artists I did I do know, but there's some stuff that I'm just like, I had this like thing where, and I know a lot of us watch Simpsons, like, and there was this episode with Halabalooza where, you know, he, 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 he's trying to resonate with his kids about, you know, the music that, you know, Hey, I used to listen to grand folk railroad. I used to listen to Led Zeppelin and all that. And they had no idea who the fuck they, th- th- these bands were that the kids, they didn't know who they were. So like he went to a record shop and he was like looking at, you know, Sonic youth at the time, this was back in 96, Sonic youth, nine inch nails and all that. And he was like, I had no idea who any of these bands are. That's how I kind of felt when I'm looking at with Lollapalooza's right now, and I don't know if it's to me, I love music. You know, I love music. A lot of people, I love music. I got a full library of vinyl records and I'm just a music lover. I don't know if I got to that point. I'm 40 years old. I don't know if I got to that point finally in my life where I'm Homer Simpson now, and I'm kind of getting, starting to get out of touch with music. So I asked you guys this question as far as what I sent you guys. It, like I said, it's Subtronics. I don't know if we have any young people in this in this chat or not, but um, what were your thoughts about what I sent you guys? Period. Would you like to start? Because I have one. I, I do. I do want to um, 
not to call you out, Johnny, because you are a lover of music. You have a wide depth of music, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. But it stopped when you were like in high school. I don't think you've listened to a new band since 1997, my man. You don't listen to new music. No, 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 no
that's if I was going to Lollapalooza, that's where I would spend my money. I would go for I buy a one day ticket just to go see Gorgon City. That's the if you want to see like what good like club music is, go pop their sets on, and it's a night and day difference from the burr, wah, bah, 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 and just a bunch of fucking tweaked out fucking 18 19 year olds who don't know what the fuck that's the thing good. that was dougie dougie made the perfect point is we don't do enough drugs to like that music we're not drugs yeah, like guys. we're bourbon yeah, like guys. like i said i want to get back guys. to like like i want to said i was watching some of the stuff i liked fred again i thought there was a lot of good stuff that that he he was putting out um there was just other stuff that i'm just like okay this is not that bad you know i you know but when I saw that, I'm just like, I don't know if I just lost touch with music as far as like, if I'm getting to that point where I'm getting older, I'm just like, this is too much noise for me, for me to this point. Like I got to that Homer Simpson part in my life. I'm just like, fuck, I, am I there finally? But I, I, like I said, this is why I brought this to your attention because we used to go out clubbing a lot. And to me, I just felt like it was just, this was not music at all. This is not something like I, I would enjoy, but to Dougie's and everybody else is like, I'm pretty sure everybody was popping pills at that time when that, that music was going out. So, Oh yeah. hundred percent. Everyone, everyone at that set was high on something. Oh yeah. And if you they, weren't, they, that means you already, you already had your come down and you didn't want to you, you go to the back or something. Dude, the, the five minutes that I actually watched, there was one dude that like they showed twice and I'm pretty sure he lost feeling of his jaw. Cause his mouth was just open <laughs> the entire time. Like, Tongue looked dry as fuck, you know. No, We're just if, gonna keep if everyone wants Simpsons some good means it's like a frog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if everyone wants some good like house podcasts. Hit me up. I'll give you some. I'll give you some good stuff. Then it won't be any of that trash that they were playing over there the other day. Um, all right, we got one. We got two quick things, and then we're gonna bump some people. Um, first off, I had a question of the week, and I said it was kind of a, a more nonsense question here. Um, my uh, my brother-in-law recently had – my future brother-in-law uh, recently had a birthday, and they posted pictures when he went out, and he went to Medieval Times. And I was surprised that that place was even still around. I thought that was more of like a 80s, early 90s thing. And I'm just I – was, I was more it was me more being shocked that – Medieval Times is still there. And I want to know, am I out of touch? Like, is Medieval Times still, like, good? Is there people, like, I'm I'm thoroughly surprised with people who still go to this at a weekly basis. Like, what is, what is, is there still, is, am I missing something? Is there a draw still to Medieval Times? Like, what what am I missing here, guys? Uh, wait, hold on, that. hold on. Hold on, I got to stop you for a second. So, is there is your future brother-in-law... Is this something that he likes? I, I would think so. I mean, if he if he chose it to go to his for his birthday, and I'm not I'm not knocking it, I'm not knocking him for for liking it. At, that that's not my thing. I'm just saying, is it am I like not with it to the fact that I don't know that this is still? I thought it was outdated and done, and I was surprised. It was, I was actually surprised it's still around. It's like when you find out your celebrity you thought was dead is still like, oh wait, he's not dead. It's like, oh wait. Medieval times is still a thing. Like, I'm not knocking him for liking it because I like a lot of weird shit too. But I want to know from you guys, like, do you know, like, people who still go to medieval times? Do you know why it's popular still? Like, why it survived for all these years? I just like the fact that the last 
15 minutes has just been us asking different variations of are we out of touch are we <laughs> are we losing it uh, i mean medieval times is basically what i would think it's keeping it alive is the field trip i remember going there as a school thing, you know like a school thing you know i'm sure they get a bunch of field trips during the week during school season that keeps them going and then the birthday parties i, I know it's it's popular in some circles i've never been i probably haven't been there in 30 years or so but I would like if if it was your birth if Dougie's birthday is at medieval times, let's drink some mead, have some chicken, watch some knights <laughs> fight. I'm cool with it, man. That sounds just like okay. like I I have no let's plan it. If it's not good or bad, it, it just sounds cool. Like yeah, like you want to go bowling? Yeah, whatever. I'm gonna go drink plain bowling. I, I could drink at medieval times. Basically, if you if I can drink there, I'm going. Okay. So in December, I actually went to medieval times. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yes. There you go. Uh, they 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 had like a uh, a special thing for like winter break for kids, and it was like discounted tickets and stuff like that. And we decided, hey, you know, we're gonna go. I got drunk as shit and had the time of my life. It was fucking there you awesome. Go. Okay, dude. So like, we were sitting like in the second row. I am yelling at the other knights the entire time. I'm like, fuck yeah, let's go, Black Knight. And I'm like, just every time another knight would come, be like, you suck. You know, I was probably ruining everybody else's time. But I had a fucking fantastic time. Uh, this is what we're doing. Yeah. We're tailgating pre-show <laughs> at medieval times. And then we're gambling during the show on the various knights and jousts and horses. Uh, Bumcast bum 200 at medieval times. Hell yeah. Group outing. Hold on. I, I've, I, I saw Senior's comments right now. He's been talking about Studio 63, but we've been switching around to medieval times. I saw this one comment that says, "Pop." I don't know if you could pull it up. Uh, yeah. Pop deck to see once in the chick bailed on me. I ended up giving myself hickeys. Not my proudest moment. Was was this at studio or was this at medieval times? Yeah, good point. <laughs> this is this is another just another way we're washed. The, we're how, do you, about studio how do you that give doesn't yourself exist. a hickey? Like, do you give yourself an arm hickey? Like, what do you? I mean, what do you senior is, like? Senior is very flexible. Maybe he did the uh, <laughs> he did the Marilyn Manson thing and removed some ribs. Who knows? <laughs> Allegedly, allegedly. Okay, so I okay, so it sounds like medieval times is still popular among the people. So after studios, it was fun. It just that's all. All right, we got to do we got to do a field trip now. We'll do a field trip. I I think that'd be a great idea, and maybe I'll get maybe I'll see why it's it's still popular amongst our people our age. Uh, Okay, next one is final one. Finally, right up Dougie's alley, the new Bourbon County Stout lineup has been released um coming out on black friday uh we got the first one is the bourbon county stout brand they're obviously their flagship beer uh, our barrel stout um this one is finished in buffalo trace heaven hill four roses and wild turkey barrels so that sounds very good for a year uh we have a eagle rare two-year reserve style so this one was finished uh in eagle rare barrels for for two years uh, pretty interesting stuff there. We got a Angel's Envy two-year finish. Um, so they took Angel's Envy, aged it for a year in Angel's Envy. Then they aged it for a year in Ruby Port Wine Barrels. Uh, they have a Bananas Foster Stout, which very intriguing. Uh, a Backyard Stout, which is Mulberry, Boysenberry, Marionberry, 
um, Chuck Berry and Snozberries. It's their uh, <laughs> backyard, <laughs> backyard rye. And then their proprietor stout. Um, so, yeah, all this stuff is dropping the day after Thanksgiving, Black Friday. And I want to know what, what, which one sounds most appealing to you guys? Are you, Johnny, you're shaking your head. Dougie, I know you're a stout guy. So, We're, what do you We'll what let Dougie go first. Let, let the, let the expert go. Yeah, uh, definitely, uh, the Eagle Rare, the Angel's Envy, and the Bananas Foster for sure. Okay. Um, every year, every year, they do a funky fucking flavor, which is going to be this backyard stout berry shit that's going to be fucking terrible. It, it happens every year. Um, what I am hoping that they do uh, do is uh, two years ago with the regular Bourbon County, they did uh, Easter eggs. And so on the back of the label, they actually had the barrels that they used, they did single barrel stuff. So you had to look for a wild turkey, a uh, little WT on the back. You had to look for, uh, I think they did Blanton's that year. And... I think Heaven Hill. So you had to look for the HH, and it would those ones cut above the rest and for the same price too. So um, yeah, so basically those three. I'll always get myself an old G proprietor. You know, has been very hit or miss lately. Yeah, I, I didn't like last year's proprietor. Miss. Yeah, it was fucking garbage. It was terrible. Um, but yeah, yeah. I There's think I think I'll do the first four. I don't. I, I mean, maybe I'll try a sample. It usually like Chuck's and. Uh, Darian, they usually have like their bourbon county night, so I'll try to go, yeah, try the backyard stout and the proprietor there. But I'll definitely be getting the Eagle Rare and the Angel's Envy for sure. Um, and yeah, then for sure, what? so that's my the problem with now, like the bourbon hype basically, is that those things go so fast, they're almost impossible to find. Like, do you think an Eagle Rare finished bourbon county is any different than? A, no. a, a regular bourbon finish? No. You do think so, Dougie? I mean, mm -hmm. you're the expert. I'm asking. Yeah. I had yeah. one. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I, I had sitting uh, here. I haven't had for like a year. Jason, you got me this. I did. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't good. opened it because it's like. Yeah, uh, that's really good. That's really good. Uh, it's not as good as the first year that they did it. And I think it was 2017. Um, but yeah, that second, uh, the I believe that's a toasted barrel, right? The double barrel toasted barrel. Yeah, the toasted barrel. Um, but yes, uh, so I had uh, got my hands on one of the Blanton's ones that they did, and that was fucking super cool. It came in like a Blanton's bag, and it had like the little horse on a on a little keychain on the bottle itself. So that was really cool, and it tasted worlds apart. It was actually one of the the best ones uh, for that year that nobody could find. It was really freaking good. And you can tell the difference totally, 100%. Okay. Well, I'll try to get a few and then do a stout off or something. Or just get a, just get a Modelo. It's um, right here. It's right here, baby. I look, for, <laughs> I look forward to Dougie chugging a Bourbon County stout in 3.5 seconds. You got it. <laughs> All right. We almost went an hour and a half, guys. It's finally time to bum some people. Let's. I think he's a bum. I think he's an absolute bum. Because you're training like a damn bum, you know that? Bum. A bum. A bum. All right. Johnny, you are kicking us off today. I almost forgot my 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 MVPs because I've been drinking this 120 proof of uh, <laughs> This bourbon, thing's but... going to knock us on our yeah. ass nope. week in and week yeah. out for a while. Hey. 
I'm back. I'm back. So, anyways, um, <laughs> my MVP. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna start off with our a um, my my what a bum, and it's the Orioles organization for um pretty much suspending yep. Ke- Kevin Brown. Um, if you guys haven't heard the story, Kevin Brown was putting the stats about basically Tampa Bay's and Orioles. Uh, statistics through like the years as far as them having a very bad record against um uh the Orioles haven't won any any series or what and whatnot so um it's been very hard obviously the Orioles are are doing very good this year so they've been a lot a lot better but they pretty much basically suspended him for just putting stats up and to me that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen where he's just spewing out stats he wasn't bashing the organization he wasn't saying anything derogatory he wasn't doing anything that would make the orioles look bad he was just putting out stats that's how he got suspended and one of the things is that i love the fact that um color commentators around the league are backing up kevin bond right now uh jason benetti um just at this game against the Yankees uh, recently um, said that he was spewing out, you know, stuff that Kevin Brown said. And he was like, I hope I don't get suspended by the Orioles for saying that for basically backing up uh, Kevin Brown um, Yankees broadcaster, uh, Michael K went off as well too um, uh, today as well too. Uh, the one thing is Gary Cohen was saying um, on, uh, on, a, on the Mets, uh, excuse me, it was a Mets versus the Cubs today. Um, he quoted his, let me just say one thing to Baltimore's Orioles management. You draped yourself in humiliation when you fired John Miller and you're doing it again. And if you don't want Kevin Brown, there are 29 other teams who, who do. So there's a lot of people that are standing up for this whole thing that that's going on with Kevin Brown. Um, I'm, I'm sure he's, a. I, I don't follow any or, Orioles organization, but I'm sorry, the Orioles whatsoever, but people are pissed about this and so are other people in the media as well too. So um, the Orioles organization, as good as that you've been so far this year, you dropped the ball on this, man. So you guys are definitely my what a bomb. Um, yeah. So my my MVB is, uh, is CD Liquors and the person who was at the cast register at CD Liquors. So when this thing dropped... Um, Obviously, Jason told us, and and I I went to the store the, the the very next day. It took me a while to get there with, with traffic, but I'm not gonna even get to, get to that. But when I got there, I had people who who Venmo me money, and once again, thank you for the people who Venmo money. As far as the people who wanted to buy all this stuff, I got eight bottles of bourbon. So when I took those bottles and I put it in the cart, I was I was walking to the cash register, and you could hear the bottles like pretty much rattling. The face that the cash register, the guy that was working at the cash register, his face was grinning so far up like the fucking Joker that it was like <laughs> he could see like I could see like a cartoon like cash money signs just kind of literally coming out of his fucking eyeballs. He was so happy that I bought all this stuff um, that it was so funny. The people that were like standing in line waiting to pay for their stuff. They saw that I had eight bottles of bourbon. And one of the guys was just joking around with him. He's like, Oh, are you having a party or something? So, I mean, just the the whole experience is just buying those bottles and the people who bought them. I, once again, thank you for buying those bottles uh, for us as well too. Um, 
but the guy's face was just priceless. I wish I would have recorded it, but obviously that would be kind of creepy. But, um, <laughs> but like I said, his face was definitely just like, he's like, you're buying all these bottles. I'm like, yeah, just ring it up. So, um, the guy at the cash register, you're in my MVP and also CD liquors as well too. So we appreciate yep. you once again. So good stuff. Good stuff. Dougie, you're up next. All right. So I'm going to do this a little weird. I'm going to go bum MVB back to bum. So I'm going to start off with a really quick bum. Uh, first one goes off, and I saved my reaction to the whole Tim Anderson thing. First reaction, as soon as I get on Twitter, socks on 35th. Bums. Fucking bums. Because you know what? Their fucking title of the whole thing was Tim out here throwing haymakers. Well, <laughs> yeah. He got folded, you know, like, don't like, I, I don't be a homer. Just play it as it is. I love you guys. Bums. MVB. J, MVB goes out to uh, Peter and Julie uh, for hosting on Saturday. Uh, it was awesome. I needed it. I had been working my ass off lately and uh, it was nice to come and have a couple drinks and chuck it up with you guys. And it was awesome. Bum of the week goes out to White Castle. So, I stopped at White Castle ahead of time, and I was like, hey, you know what? I'm going to do the right thing because White Castle is notoriously shitty for, like, promptness and serveness and everything like that. So I was like, hey, I'm going to order these things online. And I have a timeline written down. 6 p.m. I place the order for a pickup for 6.25, okay? I get there at 6.37. I wait. There's nobody else in line, nobody else in the store. There's two cars in the drive-thru. I wait. Till 6.45 to be helped. So, no big deal. Then they reach over to the thing. They grab my receipt and they're like, oh shit, we didn't start your order yet. I'm like, it's 6.45. The order was placed 45 minutes ago and they haven't even started on my order. So I said, all right, that's fine. I'm like, do your thing. I'm like, I'm going to go grab some gas. I'll be back and everything like that. I'm like, how much, how much time you need? They're like, oh, just 10 minutes, 10 minutes. Cool. I walk in, 7.05, they're still not done. Finally, 7.10, get my shit and go. But White Castle, bum of the week, get your shit together. It's the 21st century. If somebody's doing a mobile order, goddammit, fucking fill it. I, I told you on Saturday, they made your shit. You just picked it up 13 minutes late. They gave away all your warm sliders. <laughs> could happen. It could happen. All right, Peter, you're next. All right. Well, I'm glad you told that story, Dougie, because I have you as my MVB. We had plans to get together, watch the fights, and I text you guys. I was like, hey, we could just – I had, like, appetizers, but we're like, we'll just order pizzas when everyone gets here, or we could just order food. And you brought dinner, basically, for everyone. You bought two two handles of, of sliders, and, and it was awesome. Uh, so you're my MVB for basically feeding us. My bum of the week is myself for eating the White Castle. <laughs> I knew what it was going to happen. Those jalapeno sliders are so da- jalapeno cheese sliders are so damn good. And I'm going to leave you guys. Or I'm going to give you guys a peek behind the curtain. Julie, I know you're listening. We got the bums at dark logo. There was plans post visits of us mom and dad, you know, being nice with each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely didn't happen because I basically fumigated all of the upstairs. 
like the <laughs> bathroom, the bedroom, the hallway. It was, it was, I smoked it out. I, 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 they, my family basically had to sleep downstairs because it was so bad. Those damn jalapeno sliders, Dougie. So you're my MVB, but you're also my bum of the week and, and me as well, because it was so bad. I know every time it happens, they're so good, but I can't, yeah. <laughs> I you, have to eat them. You missed, you missed a perfect opportunity for gas mask foreplay. Son of a <laughs> <No>. bitch. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Uh. I'm sorry. This is our Dougie's fault. <laughs> Um, all right, and then my next MVB. Um, it's I mean, it's right on brand. I'm gonna talk a little bit of soccer right now. The FIFA Women's World Cup has been awesome. Um, the games, um, all across the board, the group stage games, now the knockout round games. There's a bunch of underdog stories. There's three teams from Africa that had never made it, made it to the knockout round. England, of all people, England have a terrible history with penalty kicks make it and go to penalties and win Australia. The host country is basically looks unstoppable right now. And they just got their best player back, Sam Kerr. Um, so there's a bunch of really good stories in the women's world cup, but my bum of the week is our team, the United States women's national team, not necessarily the women themselves. It's Vlako Adonofsky, the head coach and the people in charge of making this roster because it's a roster construction issue just like the white Sox. they basically rick Hahn this damn thing they had too many veterans that weren't good enough they didn't bring enough young talent they basically didn't bring enough forwards they had an older alex morgan playing on spaghetti legs like we talked about earlier and the problem with this team or or i guess not the problem but the biggest strength that women's national team has is their depth. Their, their bench players can go toe-to-toe with everyone else in the world. They didn't make any subs. The, throughout the whole tournament, he wouldn't make subs until the 90th minute or extra time or anything like that. Like, what are you guys doing? I, don't under, I didn't understand their tactics, and I didn't <laughs> understand their rationale between not playing anybody. So uh, my bum of the week is Vladko Aronofsky and the United States women's national team, not specifically the players, but the people in charge. And I'll piggyback off you, Peter. My bum of the week is the start times for those women's soccer games because I'm not getting up at four in the morning or yeah. two in the morning to to watch it. Like, come on. I know it's in New Zealand, Australia, but you got you to gotta figure it in my time, dude. All right. I'm not conforming <laughs> to fucking New Zealand time. Or anything like that. You gotta, you gotta go for where the the money markets are, and it's not Europe. It's me, okay. So, I want a nice seven p.m. start time. Make it happen. I I have a stat <laughs> for you. They basically set up the tournament for the United States Women's National Team. If they won their group stage, they would have prime time games. The problem was they came in second, and then they had to play at four in the morning. Their first knockout stage game would have been nine p.m. But they lost. So don't blame them. Blame my guy, Vladko Aronofsky, for not getting out of the group so stage bums all, in the first bums place. all around. Bums exactly. all around. Um, and then finally, close this out here. My MVP of the week is uh, Cousin John, the, a.k.a. the Dram Daddy. Uh, thank you for hooking me up with that uh, nice bottle of Shanks that popped up at Malloy's last week. Uh, I was at the I was at the gym, gym uh, raining down some threes on, you know, on these kids. And uh, 
I saw the alert come through that the uh, post cut. I was going to make it there in time to get that shanks, and he uh, he went up and got it for me. So uh, shout out to uh, cousin John, the Dram Daddy, for uh, and our I guess like uh, podcast co hosts podcast spot host whatever you want to call it i don't know how you so, want to word it. so listen to bum and bleachers subscribe follow them on instagram and twitter they uh recorded tonight the podcast is dropping on youtube and everywhere else uh tomorrow morning um but they're calling us they're calling us our the podcast godfathers so that w- what would that be for them god n- nephews? they would be like our they would No, if you're talking like in the terms of the Godfather, like they would be our foot soldiers. I don't think they mean movie wise. Con- I think con- it's like oh, cons- your consulary. Consulary. Yeah, I, I thought they meant it like padrinos. So that would be that would mean uh, we're the god. They're the godchildren. We got to figure something out. <laughs> that, that's not the titles we're gonna go. Yeah. With. All right, guys, that's our show. Thank It's an hour for you. We thought two hours because of all the Sox talk today, but thank you guys for sticking with us today. Uh, a lot of Sox drama. We hope, we hope, we hope that this is the last we're going to have to really talk and break down the Sox for the rest of the season. Um, but like I said, we got uh, two weeks from now, our fantasy football spectacular with uh, John Dabari. And I believe, uh, Johnny said, we're also getting um, Dave Kluge. Uh, Dave Kluge. Yeah, yes. he's going to be joining us as well. So we got a tag team uh, fantasy gurus joining us. Make sure you go get our Knob Creek bottle if you don't already have one. And if you do, grab a backup, as we mentioned. Uh, Whiskey at Comiskey, August 26th. And, guys, we love you. See you next week. Go Bears. Yes, go Bears. Bears. Now, Hosey. 